No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 21. Coming at you once again from the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room. Woo! Let's talk about it. Talk about it. I'm drinking a Cardinal Pale Ale. Golden in color, a little citrusy, 6%. It's won many awards, a lot of bronze, silver, gold, all throughout the line. I don't know, I'm pretty refreshed drinking this. And that's like a Nebraska Brewing Company staple. Like You guys can get mm. Cardinal Pale Ale at really any bar in Nebraska. Like It's always on tap or they always have it in cans. That is like a Nebraska Brewing Company day one staple. Oh, yeah. Kyle, what are you drinking over there? So I started off with the uh, It Takes Two to Mango. Ooh. So I stepped out of my normal Taco Vesa and, you know, like the the starter kit for the first time craft beer drinkers. Uh, but I'm back to Taco Vesa now. But <laughs> the uh, the uh, It Takes Two to Tango was fantastic. I just got back from Mexico. You mentioned it in the last Olé. episode. Ooh. And it was like the perfect like citrus amount. It was nice and fruity. Did you have some flashbacks? Like Yeah, I did. I back? felt I like I was sitting... On the beach in Mexico. It was great. <laughs> Sipping margaritas, passed out by 3 o'clock. You know, that that's yeah. how you do Mexico. <laughs> yeah. um, Mike, what you got? I'm, 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 you know, I'm simple. I'm drinking an EOS, you know, that Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. Got that little banana flavor. Okay. It's really good, smooth. It's a light beer. But, Jared, we have a special guest. So, you want to introduce our special guest? Sure. And he can tell us what he's sipping on. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Uh, before we we recorded, I approached you and I was like, how do you feel about being called Mickey? And he said, oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I think I know you're going with this. I We have with us probably the second most popular Mickey in the state right now. Okay. The first, the first yeah. most popular is Mickey <laughs> yeah. Joseph. Yeah. Right? Hey, I guess Mickey, so. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey Stoltenberg? Right, no, so no. I told no. you I'd tell you if you're right. If I knew where you're going with that, was I that? thought you were going to sing, Oh, Mickey, You So Fine. Oh. So I guess, yeah. Oh, no, Mickey Joseph, ace, ace recruiter coming here. He's number one in, in the state of Nebraska. Yeah. No, yeah, for so sure. We want to welcome Mick Stoltenberg to the No Block, No Rock podcast. Mick, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out. Yeah, thanks for the invite, guys. I'm looking forward to it. And so, you know, we, we're still on this uh, Nebraska Brewing Company, uh, you know, promotion. So can you tell us what you're drinking and your, your thoughts on it? I'm as well drinking the Hefeweizen. Really good. Yeah, I was going to say, never been here before to the tap room, but I've had some of the Nebraska Brewing Company beers just around town. Like you said, yeah. it seems like they're kind of on tap in gas stations everywhere. So, yeah, this one's really good. Never had it before, but thought I'd give it a shot. And it's, it's pretty good. It's going down pretty easy. Yeah. I'm, so our listeners out there. Come to their tap room, 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. And as they always say, world class in every glass. So, Mick, I just want to start off. Maybe this isn't, like, great territory for you. Maybe you're a little emotional. I don't know. Gretna. <laughs> getting their state title revoked. Right. I'm doing the air quotes yep. for our listeners. Yep. What were your what were your initial thoughts on them getting their state title revoked? Well, I honestly I just I had no idea what it was about. And then what I thought was bizarre is they just started reporting on it. And I was, you know, I figured it would never come out if it's a 16, 17 year old kid and you know something went wrong, you know, if there's a clerical error or something like that with with enrollment or eligibility. But yeah, they went ahead and, you know, published the kid's name, kind of told the whole yeah. story. So after seeing or after hearing the story, reading about it, you know, it's it's just a shame. It's because really, when you boil it down, it's a, it's a rule that 
pretty much only Gretna could break because essentially it looked like a lot of the other Class A districts are open enrollment, mm-hmm. whereas Gretna is not. You know, oh. it, was, it was like that the same way when I was there too. So it's a bummer because we, you know, we had students when I was in school back in 2013, 14 that would transfer out to Papillion La Vista, Papillion La Vista South, mm-hmm. you know, go just to try and play sports at the Class A level when we were still Class B. So yeah, it just stinks for the kid, um, you know, and who knows what really went down, I guess, what really happened, but it sounded like he was technically living in Gretna. So yeah, it's a bummer. And, and I, I guess I saw that they revisited it and decided mm-hmm. to kind of hold the same... You know, same conclusion, yeah, same conclusion, essentially with the NSAA. So I guess the only thing Gretna can do now is seek legal action, which I don't know if they're going to do that. It just sounds like a lot of money and headaches. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, it's a bummer, um, especially since Gretna really, you know, when I was there, too, we, we came close but never won the state title. So watching that game, I don't know how you guys felt. I thought that was like one of the best high school. Oh, Nebraska yeah. Football games. I've ever yes. Seen. I'm biased, obviously. But oh, I love watching those kind of games. The yeah. low scoring yeah. for defense. For sure. Yeah. Yes. And. Low scoring, but still a lot of offense. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they're moving the ball down the field, but it just every time someone got in the red zone, something happened. Yes. They couldn't score, went for it on fourth and didn't make it. So it was just just a back and forth slugfest. And, you know, those guys earned it for sure. It was it was a fun game. So well, and it's like, okay, you take the state title away from these guys and they busted their ass for an entire season. You really think a guy that had like forty some yards in the in the state championship game wasn't really like a huge contributor. You really think he's the reason that Westside lost that game? Come, right. come on! Yeah, like it, it's and obviously I don't know who it'll never come out. I'm sure what. Oh, it's really Westside said it's they weren't to. the one. They, Westside yeah, yeah. said they didn't blow yeah. whistles. Yeah, that on whole it, so back and forth. There, there had to have been some yeah. sour grapes or something. I, I just I don't see someone just going through flipping through files or right. something like yeah. that. I'm like, oh wait, look at this. This is something we didn't notice three months ago that now we're noticing. Yeah, you know, obviously something probably happened or someone probably tipped them off. So yeah, you know. It is what it is. I, I, I still look at them as state champs. I'm sure they'll put up a billboard. <laughs> they took, <laughs> yeah. the, took the trophy out of the trophy case, but, you know, it was it was still a cool cool deal for those kids. And, gosh, they got a talented team. You know, it's it's pretty fun to watch. When they moved to Class A, I'm going to be honest, I thought they would kind of be a doormat for a while just because it's a whole different level of competition. But, you know, as as enrollment in that school district went up, they really got a lot of talented kids. That, yeah. that quarterback is really good. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to see where he ends. I mean, they – Got good players across the board. Some big physical athletes too. Like, you know, line play was good. It was yeah, it was a good team. So yeah. maybe another Mick Stoltenberg, maybe coming through the wing, coming <laughs> yeah, in there, yeah. another coming, dragon coming through, coming right. through Lincoln, right? Yeah, you never know. You never yeah. know. I hope so. You know, I hope I hope they can get kids developed to the point where they're getting some, you know, Division One Power Five scholarship opportunities because that's you know that's the goal. And it was yeah, at the time pretty rare. It was it was Janovich a couple years before me. Yeah, um, and then. You know, I, I rolled through a couple years later. So, yeah, we haven't had a ton. So it's it's cool to see some of those kids get some Division One looks. Yeah. So, Mike, I know this is kind of your question that you wanted to ask. Sure. But hey, about it. Yeah. You're talking about, like, developing those kids to get those big offers and things like mm-hmm. that. So you got your offer to go to Nebraska. And we talked about, like, you having to put on a ton of weight once sure. Bob Diaco showed up. Yeah. So, like, what what was your weight at when you left high school, and and how much did you have to gain in order to get some playing time? So, when I left high school, I was probably two anywhere between two sixty and two sixty five. And Polini's staff recruited me, honestly, kind of as just a big athlete. I, I went to the camp; that's where I earned my scholarship. Was at the camp before my senior season. They really never told me what I'd play. You know, I, was, <laughs> I was told everything from offensive tackle to potentially tight end to defensive end to defensive tackle. Like, you know, just 
basically anything a big person could do, it, I had the opportunity to do, just depending on how things went. What did you play in high school? I played defensive end, like a nine nine technique, six technique okay. defensive end, and then I played a little bit of tight end too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I really didn't know what I was going to play. You know, I my heart of hearts, I always kind of wanted to play defense just because that's what I had been playing in high school. But truly, I just wanted to go to Nebraska. I yeah. probably would have done anything. But yeah, you know, like I mentioned, I came in at two sixty five. Gosh, I think end of my fresh end of my redshirt year, I was probably two seventy. You know, I'd put on a little bit of muscle, just not trying to gain weight, not trying to do anything special, just doing the strength and conditioning and, and that's what I was instructed to do was just hey take your redshirt you're gonna develop whatever we'll decide where we need you coach Kaczynski the defensive line coach in 2014 he told me I played some defensive tackle and end in camp before my redshirt year he told me during the season he would probably project me to be an end like a true six technique you know yeah. head up on the head up on the tight end or five technique outside of tackle that was kind of where he saw me fitting as a 270 pound guy um, and then when he, you know, that staff got let go and Coach Riley's staff came in, um, the defensive line coach, Hughes, decided he wanted me to play tackle. <laughs> you know, we, we had we, we had a really, really good defense. We had a really talented defensive line at the time. You know, you're talking about, you know, like guys like Greg McMullen, Malik Collins, Vince Valentine, yeah, yeah, Jack yeah. Anguish, you know, a lot of, a lot of really good big athletes. So it was kind of just, hey, buddy, sit this one out. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. But, but as, a, as a freshman, I was probably – I probably gained about 10, 15 pounds, so maybe 280, 285 yeah. as a redshirt as a redshirt freshman. Then when Perella got hired, he saw me as a defensive tackle as well. And I was already that's what I was already playing. Um, so I think he's just like, Yeah, you know, we right now it was my that year, Kevin Maurice was the three technique. So mm -hmm. he he played mostly outside the guard and he had Perella had me play inside the guard. So I was playing either shaded on the center or shaded inside the guard. Sure. So Basically, Kevin would line up in the B gap. I would line up in the A gap. So that year, I was probably right under 300, maybe 290. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, like you said, when Diaco came in, it's like everyone, the whole buzz was we're moving to a 3-4, everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what we're huh. doing. We don't, do we have the horses for it? We don't have any true nose. We don't have any big 330-pound nose guards. You know, our defensive ends are five techniques. They're 270, 280. They're not big enough to play inside the tackles and, or play head up on a tackle. Um, so they had me, basically, Prell was just like, Dude, get as heavy as you can get, you know, and we'll see how it goes. So I got up to that winter before 2017. I got up to 320. Damn, damn, and yeah, damn is right. <laughs> <laughs> I was eating just, just it, like it was my day job, man. Probably six, seven thousand calories a day. What were you eating? Like, what do you have to do to put on that type of weight? So it's it's a really they kind of just say eat whatever, okay. like you know, get enough protein, whatever. Make sure you're recovering correctly, but. Dude, if you want to have some fried chicken in the training table, go for it. If you want to have, you know, a big bowl of pasta, go for it. If you want to have, you know, don't like a, you know, bagels or something with your eggs, go for it. Like just do whatever you can do and and we'll monitor it from there. And they do, you know, body fit, body fat scans and all that stuff. So they can let you know if you're maybe going a little too hard. Yeah. So it was I tried to make it as much of a progression as I could, but the first four weeks of the eight week winter conditioning before that year were just basically lifting. It was very lifting focused, maybe a little bit of conditioning. Then the second four weeks are where they start to condition you and get you ready for spring ball. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget one of the first conditioning runs we went out to. I was tipping the scales at 320. And we're done with like our first few like shuttles. And I look at JP Prell. I'm like, coach, I can't do this, man. I'm, I'm going back down to 310. Like, I swear I cannot run at this weight. I will die in three plays. So went back down to 310. And it like, it's crazy how much those 10 pounds made a difference. And it's like, so I'm. At that point, I'm like, all right, maybe this is kind of where I 
my frame taps out in terms of just being able to keep, you know, the standard of conditioning I want to have for myself. And right. so that's kind of where I was. So that's, I never got any heavier than 310 really for the remainder of my career. Okay. And you uh, mentioned the magic words, winter conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> so can you just uh, take us through as a division one athlete at the, the highest level? What's what's the difference between like summer conditioning and winter conditioning? Is there like a main difference? Yeah. So summer conditioning, you know, really when you boil it down, it's like priming your body for the season. You know, it's a long season, man. It's not spring ball where it's four weeks. It is yeah. 13, 14 weeks. It's a grind. You got to be in the best physical shape as possible. So you're still lifting heavy, especially for the first few weeks of the progression. But then once you start getting closer to season, it's like, all right, how can we get this guy as athletic and as well conditioned and you know it's like how can we put it all together right whereas in the winter it's like all right what's this linebacker that weighs 215 like what are we going to do with him you know he needs to put on some weight like what are your strength and weight gain goals like what are your goals for the season because this is the time to do it you know when you can really dial into your nutrition your weightlifting, everything where it's your only focus is like just grinding weight room like that's and yeah. you get i think you get you might get more hours per week in the winter i can't remember what the rules are or if there's even any rules anymore, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, for Nebraska, apparently there is. You can't practice yes. too much. Can't you practice. Know, God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> you get in trouble for that. Even yeah. if you had a losing record the prior year, they still get on you about working out yeah. and practicing too much. Right, right, right. <laughs> too yeah. many coaches on the field. You know. Yeah. yeah. Something is got, it's, that's going on everywhere, man. There's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. You can. It's like you look at some of the programs that have like 4,000 people on staff that are all analysts. It's like, yeah, they're all in Alabama, right. Alabama. They they're have all like involved. You know, it's, it's, it's all like, it's just loopholes. You know, it's, Hey, what can we do to bend the, which personally, I don't think that position coach rule should be in place anyways. It's hmm. sort of an antiquated rule anymore, especially now where like guys are getting paid just yeah. ridiculous amounts of money for everything. So, well, because yeah, we talked about Alabama with Dan Lust. And uh, he was like, yeah, they have like 11 analysts on their team and they're all like former head coaches. Yeah. It's well, like, it's like head coaching rehab. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, go, I just go see Nick Saban for right. a couple years and I, I just get right. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. someone who just got fired for something or whatever. They had a bad stint as a head coach or coordinator and that's they end up back with old Uncle Nick. You know? Yeah. <laughs> get it back right again. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, for sure. Like winter conditioning is that's like. Like for me, it's like, hey, this is the only chance I get to really bulk up because if I'm gaining a bunch of weight in the summer before the season starts, like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have time to get used to my, my body at that weight. And it's, you know, if you're really taking it seriously, like you're really dialed into like everything and how you feel and everything like that. So yeah, winter is just, hey, what, what what's my goal for the season, like strength and conditioning wise? And that's kind of when you attack it the most. Do you watch all the winter kool-aid hype videos i mean have you seen any of that the stuff? weight room stare down videos <laughs> i was gonna say the, the only <laughs> i saw one today um where they were out running in the hawks um mm -hmm. that was pretty much all i gotta say about that there's a video <laughs> of them running you know that's and it's their video staff by the way is oh awesome. top notch yeah. yeah yeah that's and that's you know it's it is what it is it's recruiting you got to put shiny cool pictures and videos out there which yeah. you know they're doing a great job of but the yeah i did see the weight room stare down video <laughs> that and that's the thing is like the, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I never, we never, we didn't do that. That must be something new that, uh, old Zach Duvall's putting in. Yeah. Um, but, but things like that, like, those are great. We did stuff like that, like where it was like, Hey, let's put 275 on a trap bar and see who can hold the longest. Like shit like that. That's really fun and competitive. Right. When I was a freshman, Dobson did the, uh, Hey, all the big guys hang on the bar. Let's see who can just hold on for dear life for the longest, like <laughs> stuff like that, or who can hit the most push ups in a row. So something like that, where you're just, 
you're staring some dude in the face, I guess, and just testing your mental fortitude. It's like, that's just, I, yeah, it, it's, it probably looks funny to the, you know, to just someone watching it, you know, me included, but it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. I know the, the mindset those kids are in where it's like, dude, I'm not letting this guy beat me. Right. Hey, yeah. I'm not letting this guy let, you know, I, he's, he's letting go before me. No, you know, no questions. So it was, it's cool to see stuff like that. Cause that's the, that's the type of stuff I miss. Like for sure. It, you know, obviously I miss the games and everything, but for the most part, like the weight room and the competition in spring and fall ball where you're going against your like boys, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like Gerald Foster is my roommate. You know, it's like, we, we'd go against each other in spring ball. And it's like, dude, I hate this guy with all my heart for like an hour and a half. And <laughs> yeah. then we're like best buds. You know? <laughs> so it's, that's the type of stuff you miss. So it's cool seeing videos like that. You know, it's, it's weird though. Like I watch a video now and it's, I don't even recognize anyone anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like I, the, the number of kids that were on the team, when I was there, it was just dwindling year by year. Yep. So it's yep. kind of weird, you know, like. Makes you old, right? Well, especially, you know, Stilly. And granted, he spent like 12 years there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seeing, seeing him leaves crazy because, you know, I, I he was a, I want to say he was a true freshman 2017, you know, when I was a junior. So it's, it just, yeah, makes you, you know, you know, you know you've been away a long time when the guys you recognize start to kind of go away. So especially like Damien too, because I think Damien came in, Damien Daniels. Mm -hmm. I think his freshman year was, right? I think it was 18. Or 18, yeah. I, th I thought he was a Riley guy. No, you're right. Yeah, he you're was right. a Riley It was yeah. 17. Yeah, it was 17 because yeah. JP was his coach yep. for one year. That's right. Yep. Yeah, you got it. You know more about the roster than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing here. You're so, focused on other stuff. Hey, no, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, you're here for a reason. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just here to, <laughs> to keep things moving along. Hey, so who is the strongest guy you've ever been a teammate with uh a combination of carlos and cleo davis or tanner farmer probably okay yeah. i think farm benched 225 like close to 40 times yeah whole you know, for his fuck. pro day yeah which is like that. i think at the, at the time because he didn't get invited to the combine that would have been the highest number among offensive linemen at that year's combine dude it was like it was like three different events he tested like top yeah. of he, the nation yeah. he blew out like most linemen in that recruiting class and we talked about that with him yeah. i don't know if it was on air or off air but it's like Tanner's like I don't know what else I was supposed to do. He's like I like I was in the best physical shape of my life. I tested through the roof on everything and I still didn't get like an invite. I didn't get drafted. Right. All that stuff and like he'd say like hey, what do I need to do better and they didn't have answers for him. So, yeah, that it's funny that you bring that up cuz I remember having that conversation with Tanner and yeah. he's just like I don't know, so I just decided to go wrestle. And, yeah, he's a wrestling fiend. Like, yeah, he's, he's gonna really, go really good at training like, to wrestle hey, for the Olympics. That's yeah. the first and last time I'm gonna be like scouring the internet for Concordia wrestling clips. I'm like, I gotta see if Farm <laughs> won the semis, man. Like, got, and it sucked that you know it sucked he couldn't get it done. But like, that was just cool because it's like, you know, I haven't talked to Farm in, in a little while, but it's just like, dude, the dude's just a competitive dude. Yeah, like, he was a graduate assistant for the football team for us for a fall, and then like. I don't know if he was just talking back and forth to wrestling coach like, hey, you technically have a semester of eligibility. Yeah, that's exactly that's, that's how it happened. And that's yeah, like, it worked. To me, that's – dude, that's, that's awesome. And he used to and he used to work with the wrestling team because he – you know, he was he was a – he was the type of guy where if he just ate and kind of just did his thing, he's just a big boy. Like, yep. he, he was big when he came in. He would get up to 3.30 if you just let him loose. So, yep. like, he would do some wrestling conditioning and stuff like that in the offseason that I think did him a lot of good, especially later in his career. But – yeah, I'd say farm and then the twins were freak shows, dude. They they uh squatting like close to seven seven plates, like seven hundred pounds, or like, you Jeez. know, it was they were unbelievably strong. Just very twitchy dudes, like get down, bounce out of a squat with like, you know, six six hundred pounds or something like that. Just really, really incredible athletes. And it's 
you know, we can, I'm sure we'll get into all this, but those are guys that I wish they would have had the same defensive coordinator and the same defensive line coach for four years or five years because they played in so many different systems. Whereas I always thought they were recruited like, you know, they were recruited by, they were Polini recruits. I know they came in rallies first year, but they spent the entire recruiting process with Polini and Kaczynski and coach Papuchas. They are, in my opinion, they were both like true hand on the ground, put all your weight on your up hand, three techniques that can just burst up field and just wreak havoc. And when you, when you kind of dial that back and have them kind of sitting back in this read and react, you know, three, four defense, defense, (laughs) which it's a, it is what it is. It's a different philosophy, but I always thought those guys were better suited for, you know, that type of defense. Just get upfield and something a little more aggressive, mess some stuff. Yeah. They're, they're just body type wise too, you know, just kind of, not gap fillers. Right. Well, right. not not obviously Aaron Donald is who he is, but similar like bodies type type to yeah. him. Like shorter, twitchier yeah. guys that are still heavy and can you know just very powerful. That's similar to what I guess what they reminded me of. Not they're not yeah, not just big space eaters yeah. essentially. Right. You know, and that's so. kind of what you need it in like a three four that that nose tackle position is just yeah. like, let's get the biggest guy we can and see if he can push. Yeah. Like and, and fill fill the gaps, and I'm just shocked. Like looking at you now, how the hell you did that shit? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Although although I will say for that, like for guys like that, it is good to be well rounded and learn everything. Yes. But but no, it's 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 crazy. Like I don't know. It was it's just it's the way it was. Like I don't think I played. I don't think I played outside of guard. Maybe a maybe like kind of one hand. How many times I was lined up outside of guard that entire 2017 season? Because I wasn't a pass rush guy. I was I was 310 pound nose guard. I would come off the field on third and anything more than four yards. <laughs> you know, so it was yeah. It's 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 just what I got used to is just you know, double teams double teams on zone plays. Just kind of like you said, eating some space up and stuff like that. But all right, let's take this moment to shed some light on our other sponsor besides Nebraska Brewing Company. Patriarch Distillers at Soldier Valley Spirits, also located in La Vista, Nebraska. February 2021, Groundhog's Day. Yeah. They're having a little event coming up. Mike, do you know a little bit more about this? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's tons of of local breweries on exit 442 right off the interstate. Mm -hmm. Like we said, we like to support local here at, uh, at No Block No Rock. And like it's tons of local breweries. Obviously, No Block No Rock is affiliated with Nebraska Brewing Company mm-hmm. and Patriarch Distilleries and Soldier Valley Spirits. So they are doing an event on February 5th where they are going to be creating different beers, different drinks with different barrels. So if you guys have nothing going on on February 5th, go check it out. Go support local and try some of these new drinks. Yeah, and Patriarch Distillers, they're providing the barrels where all these different breweries are creating their beers and they're selling them. So look, last time we recorded there, I got the big red one a little on the nose. It's just a whiskey with a Coke myself. I got a diet. I kept it simple. <laughs> has the hey, watch that's, the figure. My, that's my thing. It's man. a diet ginger over here, right? <laughs> hey, we don't need to get all fancy with, with Mix all that up. extra sugar, nah, right? I gotta watch my physique. Yeah. <laughs> Don't and need extra sugar. Come on, and it's called the Big Red One. Yeah, I mean, it's insulting those, if I don't get it. For those of you who don't look at us on social media and know what the heck's going on, Jared is like a straight redhead 
ginger boy. Oh, like orange, basically. Orange, yes. I'm orange. Like allergic to the sun. <laughs> it's fine. His favorite things to do. It's not His fine. favorite things to do are in the shade. So. <laughs> or inside. Or in, especially inside. Sucking on sunscreen. <laughs> Not even true. I got my I got my pup, and we're outside all the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm munching my pup on the pod. Weird. So, what's what's her name? Her name is Bailey. Okay. Okay. She's my doctor. Yeah, that's his doctor. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, we got a pod going on. We have an awesome guest. Let's keep this thing going. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we were kind of talking a little bit before the break about. Like staff turnover, coach turnover, right? Yeah. And you yourself played for three different defensive coordinators. Mark Banker, Four. the infamous Bob Diaco, and Eric Chenander. And Who am I missing? Papugis. Papugis. Oh, you yeah. shit. Pliny guy, yeah. So, yeah, four, oh, four in five years, four D-line coaches in five years. Yeah, it was I don't want a ride. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's yeah. a roller coaster. I don't want you to necessarily get into like, specifics about each guy but sure um eric chinander got a raise yeah. you know this offseason because in my opinion and a lot of husker fans mm. opinion he's been the best assistant coach maybe the best coach overall on the staff yeah. thank you um <laughs> it, like what is it about chinander that's that's made him like kind of a mainstay and yeah these defensive yeah. have been consistently getting better for sure well not just him but just his staff in general but the guys he's got working for him had done a great job, you know, and okay. it's, that's, it's another reason why I'm, I'm glad they were able to, you know, salvage and keep the staff together because they're doing a really good job of developing these dudes. Um, but yeah, no coach chins is great. Um, I had the pleasure of working with him for a year, uh, my last season, um, where he was, you know, we were told, yeah, he's a, he's a three, four guy, whatever, but you know, I, I don't like to put, I don't think he would like to put a label on his defense either. I think he is a, is a really good coach. He's really good at, adjusting his scheme or his philosophies to, you know, A, his personnel or B, the situation or who we're playing against. Because if you watch, I mean, if you really pay attention to the defensive personnel we put on the field, it's like different groups of guys based off of what the offense is doing. So it's it's a whole different group. of It's a whole different outfit when we're playing in Wisconsin or Iowa or somebody that does a lot more heavy personnel than if we're playing against a spread team like Ohio State or Purdue or something like that. So, yeah, he's he's great at, like, keeping his team well-rounded. Um, and, and like I said, it's, he put together a really good staff. Um, and I, I worked with coach Dawson as a, as a D line coach too, a huge fan of his. I was, you know, it's a bummer what happened. You know, he, he took off to, to go work for the giants, um, after my senior year for a year. Mm -hmm. and it sucks that staff, you know, it, I think it was coach McAdoo's staff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they got like going in New York. And so unfortunately he was out of a job, but it was cool that he was able to come back once coach DeWitt left for North Carolina, he was able to come back and work with the team again because he's a he's a D line coach I had where he didn't play D line, he played linebacker at UMass. You know, he's a he's an East Coast guy. Did you guys give him shit for that at all? No, 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 never. Oh, okay. Honestly, yeah, we just we never really got into it. But yeah. but you know what the point I'm making is he's just he's a D line coach that could in my opinion, he could coach every position on the defense. Like I, I think he could genuinely coach a, a cornerback or a safety unit to some success because it was like having kind of like two DCs out there. Uh, when I was a senior, um, Chins was on the sideline and Dawson was in the booth. So it's like, yeah, it was it was it was cool to have a defensive line coach that would explain to us like, hey, this is what you're doing and this is why. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you understand a little bit more that way. So obviously, you know, Coach Rude, all the guys, like just an awesome staff, and it's it's been cool 
for me to watch that unit progress, especially with guys like, you know, big Damian Daniels, some of those guys, mm -hmm. Stilly, um, you know, DeAndre Thomas, some of those D linemen that were, you know, young guys in the program when I was there and, and watching them have some success and, and everything. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's been it's been a real bright spot for the Huskers for sure is, is the yeah. way that defenses came to play every week and, and mm -hmm. kind of set us up and, and put us in good, good positions. Well, yeah. and now that you're kind of sticking on that, Dawson has officially moved back to the defensive line. Okay. So he's back where you started yeah. with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, so do you think the transition from being the outside linebackers coach to back to the defensive line because uh, Coach Tuoti went to Oregon, uh, do you think that transition will be easy for the guys to just just take on and run with it? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. I, God, there's not a lot of guys – you know, 2018 is when the last time he coached the D-line in Nebraska, so there's not a lot of guys there now that were defensive linemen under him. Um, but but like I said, he, he's he's a really well-rounded coach. Yep. And honestly, like a lot of the philosophies of teaching good outside linebackers, it's similar, you know, it's similar techniques to when you're coaching an interior defensive lineman just because at the end of the day, if you're lined up outside of a tackle or you're lined up outside of a guard or a center, you know, someone's blocking out at you like a base block or they're coming zone block it you you typically attack it the same way you have different like leverages and gaps and stuff like that but at the end of the day like the philosophies of putting your hands on somebody and having your hands in the right position and being in your gap controlling your your real estate it's the same stuff you know and obviously it's different when you know mostly our interior d linemen aren't rushing as five techniques out there like uh yeah like caleb tanner and, and garrett nelson and those guys it's, it's so some of that stuff's different but again it's it's all same system, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's all, it all works together, you know? So yeah. he, he definitely, yeah, I, I think it'll be a smooth transition for Wait, sure. Yeah. I think it says a lot that he was entrusted with technically coaching the special teams mm. last year. And like you were saying, he's, he seems like a Swiss army knife kind of coach where he can, he can adjust to where, wherever he needs to go. Sure. Like, yeah. So I just, I just thought it was a neat thing where, um, he was entrusted with the special teams, and that's been a hot button issue. Yeah. We need a dedicated guy. We have that now with Bill Bush, and yeah, um, yeah. I just, I just thought it was interesting that right. he became the guy. Yeah, we talked about year. that. We talked about about that a little bit at the break. We were yeah. kind of just, you know, BSing, but like, really, it's it's tough because it, you know, and then special teams too. It's like typically every coach, every position coach has a role in special teams. You know, whether it's hey, this guy is this guy is supposed to work with the kick return unit or this guy is supposed to work with the kickoff unit or whatever. So, you know, maybe, maybe it will be good to have somebody that's, that's their entire job is mm -hmm. just to coordinate, Hey, make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, working with the right units or whatever. And, you know, spending a lot of time to think about like the specific personnel you want working on each unit. And I, we, we had it both ways. Um, when I was a freshman, we had uh, Jeff Jamrog was running a lot of special teams meetings and he wasn't a, a an on the field coach. So, we had uh -oh. just all the position coaches kind of working together. No, he 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 just coached us in the meeting room. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. a, he was a DFO at the time. Um, so we had it that way. When Rally came in, Bruce Reed was a special teams coach, like mm -hmm. designated special teams coach. And then when Coach Frost came in, it was it was you know kind of by committee. You know, there's there someone was Coach Dewitt was the coordinator. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, like part of that probably is the outside linebackers group is a really small position group. You're not working with. A lot of guys right so it's it's part of that too is it might be because it's a lot it is so much work it's just as much scouting as you do for defense and offense so maybe they'll take a guy with a smaller position group and 
okay. that can kind of see, you know, it's, it's typically someone that works with kind of those tweener size players, like guys that they're not bigs. They're not like, you know, wider. They're the big skill group, like the running backs, tight ends, you know, outside linebackers, inside linebackers, groups like that. Like it's a similar type of athlete that's running down a lot of those coverage units. So yeah, it's, it's, that just might be the way they decided it, it worked out. But yeah, I, I, uh, no, I haven't met met Coach Bush, but it's like I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do and kind of seeing how it's different. So yeah, well, and Bill Bush had has a special teams background. I mean, he and, and you know, he was on Callahan's staff, and, and he was he on Callahan, yeah, and, and he was the the recruiting guru, right. the Mickey Joseph of that time. Yeah, you know? mm -hmm. so I I mean, and he recruited Joe Burrow, <laughs> and God, we could. Like, we could honestly yeah, okay. Super Bowl, okay. Okay, Super Bowl talk. Super Bowl talk. Are we doing it? Okay. We can. Yeah. Let's, let's take right. a let's take a little a little uh, break from from Mick's playing career, and let's talk recent events. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we'll and then we'll roll into recent events in Husker football. So Bill Bush recruited Joe Burrow, and obviously we all know that story. Yeah. Everybody listening should to, know that story. We have to fucking see it <laughs> we, every we single get a, week. <laughs> yeah, we get to hear it for two more weeks. Yes, yeah, Joe Burrow yeah. didn't come to Nebraska, and guess what? If he did, he wouldn't be in the Super Bowl right now. Right. Let's just let's make sure those those dots connect. Mick, who one do you think is going to win the Super Bowl, and who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Ooh. Who do I think is going to win? Have they come off the line yet? I don't know. Is it maybe? I haven't seen a line yet. I I, I haven't looked or at heard it. one. I would I would suspect the Rams would be favored okay. by a slight margin just because that defense like totally <laughs> tore it up against San Francisco. Vaughn Miller, it, Aaron Donald. Come on. You know, it's it it is what it is. It's it's the way the Bengals built their team, right? They decided to focus more on skill players than drafting linemen. Their own so, line is not yeah, great. Yeah. So you got Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, that Greg Gaines, Von Miller. I mean, it's it's a they're all every down guys and they all get after the quarterback like crazy. <laughs> and it's really the reason they won. I mean, that you, you watch a game like that. It's just that's why a dominant pass rusher or dominant pass rushing unit is like to me, it is one A behind having a really good quarterback. Yeah. Mm. Cause it's that that helped win him the game. You know, it's it's last drive of the game. So I think yeah. the, I think the Rams, just because of that matchup, just because of that that freak show D line against against the Bengals is gonna be really difficult. Although Titans have a really good D-line. The Chiefs have a really good D-line. And somehow Joe got out of Chris Jones's hands a couple times and was able to <laughs> scramble for a couple couple first downs. So you never know. I, and who do I want to win? The Bengals. Because yeah. it's like watching a an underdog that hasn't really been there in a long time. And yeah. how can you not root for, A, Joe Burrow, who's, you know, just it seems like everybody in the country likes the guy. And it's cool having some representation with Zach Taylor, some Nebraska. Yeah. Even I don't think like half of the national media knew what he looked like until like a month ago. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild. <laughs> you know, but... uh, so hopefully he can get his, they can give him his flowers and cause he's, he's done a really good job. I mean, it's, I can't imagine how difficult it is to take over a program like that or an NFL team like that and go two and 14 your first year. And yeah. all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl a couple of years later. Yay. Yeah. It's to me, it's like cool for the league. Cause I'm a huge NFL fan. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are too. Um, it's cool that it's cool for the parody of the NFL when you can see like really like most of these teams, most of these teams, not all of them, most of these teams, like maybe plus or minus the Jags, <laughs> but you're, <laughs> you, you're a, you're a, you're like drafting that guy, that quarterback or that dominant, like you're, it's all, you're that close. It's all you know? it takes. Man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like truly. I mean, there's other pieces that, that go course. into it. Jamar Chase helps and, and some of those guys that the Bengals got and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it's just cool. Like I, I enjoy seeing different representation. I'm glad it's not just 
the Bucks and the Chiefs again. Yeah, Tom, like yeah. Tom, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, yeah. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Yes, I well, totally agree. <laughs> I think uh, you guys are probably rooting with Buffalo along with me because I'm not a. Hey, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Allen, maybe. let's root for him. You played against Josh Allen, right? Well, that was so. That was one, I, I did. I would have. That was I tore my meniscus. Maybe two two days before that game. Ah, oh! I want to say it was a Thursday practice. So I I didn't play that game, but I played. The following weekend against Oregon, and that okay. was it's the, okay. That, Nebraska didn't need Mick during yeah. when we played. <laughs> yeah, we had Wyoming. Yeah. Josh Allen was not who Josh Allen is when the, he played Nebraska. Yeah. And when Nate Gary just said a, he wasn't throwing a Dawson Knox and Stephon Diggs either. <laughs> <laughs> true, but yeah, no, true, that was true. I still can't believe that. And that would he have been a sophomore? That would have been two thousand. He was still young, like a young dude, even so. a, maybe a freshman or sophomore. So yeah, but that's. Yeah. Still, like, yeah, it's the best clip ever. I love when people share that. Yeah. <laughs> when Nate Gary when just Nate hands in the ball. Him, yeah. <laughs> Throws it back. And obviously, <laughs> one of the reasons you're rooting for the Bengals, Stanley Morgan, yeah, former yeah, teammate. Sure. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's Stan's the best. And Stan was part of the captain class with me, Giff, and Jerry yep. uh, when we were seniors. And he and went to he went to Big Ten Media Day with you, didn't he? He did. Yep. Yeah, me and, me and Gerald and Stan went together. Um, and Stan is the best. Like, total – Brings up the energy of every room he was in. Like he was the best teammate you could ask for. So like, I'll bet, I'll bet he's he's helping in a similar way in that Bengals locker room. And it's cool. Like he started out as, I thought he was going to get drafted. I guess I don't he know. Should it's, it's yeah. That's it's, NFL collusion. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> that that year that broke the Nebraska draft streak was the year that Divina Zigbo, mm. Stanley Morgan, Tanner Farmer. Giff. Uh yeah, Giff was undrafted. Yeah, Giff was undrafted. Like yeah. these guys were all projected to be mid round picks, and they didn't and even they didn't even get like a combine invite. No, some of them did. Right? Oh, who got the combine invite that year? Was it just? Oh, it was pro day. Divine was pro day. Stan was pro day. He didn't get an invite. Tanner was pro. Tanner day. was pro day. With twins, Gifford didn't did go to the combine. Did the twins get combine. Was that the year after though? No, is it the same year? Or no, yeah, it was the year, year after. after. Yeah, yeah, it was the yeah. year after. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure right. nobody yeah. went to the combine. Yeah, because they got drafted the year after, but that That's broke right. that yeah, yeah. that broke yeah. that like 40 year streak or some shit. No, I'm <laughs> telling you, it was NFL collusion. They were pretty much saying yeah. that Nebraska guys, like the coaching staff, whatever was going on, they were like, hey, whatever they're doing, we do, we're not going to take any of those guys. Because tell me that a thousand yard receiver, Stanley Morgan, wasn't going to get drafted. Well, like, you look at some of these guys that get yeah. picked like last, and you're like, who? Like, yeah. who the fuck is this dude? It's sad, but if you play on a good team, you got a better chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just yeah, going to have absolutely. more. The more games you win, you'll have more eyes on your program. Like, I, sure. I'm sure that – because we had we had scouts around and everything like that, but I'm sure we would have had more had we been, you know, seven, eight, nine-win team or something like that that year. So that – you know, who knows? Could have been yeah. a, a grand conspiracy or something like that. But. Oh, it's it's a conspiracy. I'm I'm gonna live <laughs> by that because I lost Listen, a bet. I, hey, I got, disagree yeah. with you. No, just wholeheartedly. You gotta die on a hill, man. I, Divine I, still you, on a team. That's fine. Gifford still on a team. Stan still on a team. I feel you. Who else, sir? There's one more. There's one more. You gotta stick with your takes. Tanner's not in. I'm gonna always stick with those Good. takes. Nah, Good. I just I don't think uh, collusion. NFL teams want to win, so they're not gonna be like, oh, we gotta screw Mike Riley over. No. Come on. Ah, Fuck Mick Stoltenberg. We got to, you know, <laughs> like we got to win games. It don't matter where they're from. I don't care if they're from Lafayette. I don't care if they're from bumfuck you. We got to get a dude who's going to help us win games. Sure. Okay. I, listen, I'm not saying Stanley wouldn't have done that. I'm just saying uh, I don't think it's a big. These guys are all still in none of our rosters. That's all I, I got to say. You. I feel you. Mick. Mick. Do you have any fun <laughs> Stanley Morgan stories in honor of the Super Bowl? <sighs> 
Gosh, I don't know. I well, so we did a we did an event in North Platte when I got done playing, and uh, it was just they, it was one of those deals where it was I can't remember what the organization was. It was just some charity thing, and it was the stuff that pre NIL era. Oh. And we actually got to cash in a little bit on our name, image, and likeness, like Ew. the two months after we get done playing. So we, <laughs> or a few months after, so we went out to North Platte. It was me. I want to say it was me, Divine, Cole, Conrad, and Stan, and we were doing like a little question answer panel thing, and they were giving us beers, wine, whatever you wanted to drink, and, yeah. and Stan, Stan had a few drinks, and you know, I don't, I don't think Stan, he Stan's a little guy, and I don't think he drinks a ton. <laughs> he he kind of looks at me, he's like, hey man. Just make sure I don't th- say anything stupid. <laughs> you know, I've had a couple. I've had a couple of these drinks, and so, I mean, he did great. You know, I think he was just messing around. But yeah, it's just the type of guy Stan was. He just loved having fun. Like brought up the energy in the locker room, and he is a was a ferocious is a ferocious competitor. Would like, you do, call? Would you call him in our, in our break? A special special teams, teams demon. demon. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. He was making. There, I can't remember what game it was. Watching a guy who just wasn't expected to tackle. He was he was the guy. Like he was the premier receiver for our team. For a few, and just his willingness to like, just work, do whatever he has to do to get on the field, and then go down there and just light someone up. It's like the coolest thing ever, you know. Because yeah, it's something he was never coached to do. I mean, you do these these little tackling drills here and there, just so everybody has a little bit of a baseline. But he's right. he was never expected to do that unless there was a pick or something thrown. So it's like seeing him be willing to work like that. That would be so cool if he somehow. Found his way into the offensive rotation. He was playing a few offensive snaps. He has but, formations. Yeah, like, yeah, he has like yeah. Well, and that's because he's he blocks his ass. Yeah, off. that's yeah. yeah he literally yeah. has like it's like like heavy heavy goal line formations. You see Stan in there like what's, in motion, like right. coming into block. What's no our, block? No rock. What's our pod? Yeah. No block. No rock. <laughs> There's a reason. Ah. I think they used to Coach Let's Williams go. used to call him. They used to call him Officer Stan. Okay. Just because he used to yeah. put people in place, man. He used to hold, he used to put D backs in line. He would he would beat the crap out of people in the run game. So that's again, that's probably why he's doing such a great job in special teams. Like he's a he truly is a physical dude. Like he's a grinder. He would not give up on a on a on a run block or a stock block or anything like that. So yeah, he, there you go. There's the podcast name right there for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's well, that's that's a guy who's yeah for sure. Like he emulates that phrase. Well, let definitely. that let that be a lesson to people that. Uh, you know, they're on a special team. Uh, I don't want to do this. Let Stan be your uh, your example. Yeah, for right? sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. You're, on, you're on a Super Bowl team now. Yeah. And, like, you know, you're being pushed, you know, by the Nebraska Twitter, you know, all that. Mm. But you you have a role and, like, do your role and you can, you can win yeah. a Super Bowl, yeah. for God's sake. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just embrace it. Yeah, yeah for anyway. sure. It's it's something that like it's it's tough for it's tough for young guys that get put on special teams because they're everyone wants to come in and play. I'm, I'm right. too good for this. But it's it's a it is it in a lot of in a lot of ways it's kind of a rite of passage. Yeah. You know, it's it's just something like you have to do it. Like it's it if you're gonna, you know, if you're a, a redshirt freshman, you're eligible to play, but you're not cracking the two deep, like you need to be that's the only way you can get on the field. So you gotta find a way onto a team. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it's what it is like being on field goal block if you're a lineman or or being on the punch shield or something like that like it's it you know it's not it's not glamorous if you're playing against you know like i remember being on punch shield and playing against iowa in november and it's freezing cold out and you stay on the sideline for you know 30 minutes then you run out and punt and you're like i'm gonna tear my hamstring running down this field <laughs> <laughs> you know but it's it's it is what it is it's it's a part of the job and yeah it's you got to find guys that are willing to do it because it's and it can be a lot of fun like there's 
there is like very few plays that are as exciting as like some dude running down there and like lighting someone up on the 15 yard line. Right. If it's you know, not targeting or some yeah. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. But yeah, no, it, it it's those guys. It's it's like a tone setter. Like it it truly is. You well, know, it, if you watch Nebraska, especially this past year, you've realized just how important special teams is. Right. So if you're on a special team, like you you can help us win games. Mm-hmm. Hello, well, yeah, M- Mickey. Mickey came in and he flat out said, yeah. "Look, you're gonna be on. You're gonna be on special teams." Yeah, yeah. And, and we we talked about that a little bit before we started recording. Like, personnel. You watch Alabama. They're they they have starting receiver like guys that are in, but also Jameson. He's running down there. Got, they also have the depth too. They also have five star yeah, dudes sitting yeah. too too deep. So you know that's I mean? the thing too is maybe once we. In, through recruiting, through the transfer portal, whatever it is, like when we build more depth at those positions, then you can get some of your best guys out there running down on, you know, as a as a gunner on punt or on kickoff or something like that. So right, it's it's a give and take. Like I, I agree. You know, it's you know, it's, if you're out there, you got to be willing to do it, and you got to really, really take it seriously and and study. You got to study just like you're studying any other position. You know, you got to study tendencies. You got to study their habits, their formations, whatever. But yeah, it's at the end of the day, if we if we continue to build a roster, that hopefully that's the type of the change we see this yeah. season. You know. All right, so now that we've got special teams out of the way, because it's a hot topic here in No Block No Rock, we the talk hottest. about it. We talk about it damn near every episode. Every. I want to talk about. There was a, a pretty special moment with you um, in your senior year. You had you had intercepted. Uh, I forget the I forget the quarterback, but he was AJ was Bush. AJ Bush. AJ Bush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, former right. Nebraska quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. play with AJ? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in the same class as me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So after I mean, and you were I mean, you were a household name. You were a captain, and I mean, you were in every press conference after every game. Like everybody knew who Mick Stoltenberg was. You'd become a, you know, a household name for Nebraska football. But you had been battling through injuries, injuries, and then on that game, 30 seconds left, you intercept A.J. Bush, and <laughs> your knee gets all fucked up, right? Yeah, yes. And like the side of my ankle touched, like, the side of my yeah. thigh. And so, and so you're, like, laying there, and you get up on your own. You know, well, they help you up, and then you walk off the sideline, and there's Scott Frost <laughs> with the biggest smile on his face. Man, yeah. It's like goosebumps For stuff. sure, dude. Like, yeah, that was, that was a great moment. It's... I was down there for a little bit. Yeah. Because the way I got yeah. tackled, well, first, first of all, when I saw the ball, I was like, Enzo, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I got hawked like immediately. Yeah. But oh yeah, it, I, I, like I was wearing a knee brace I, after I had half a dozen knee surgeries, you know, in, in four or five years. So like I wore the brace, uh, especially on that left knee, because that's where I had a lot of the, the cartilage stuff go down. But yeah, like the side of my ankle came up like touch. I felt it touch my thigh. Oh. And I was like. Oh, we're done. Like it's you know pretty cool last play of, the, of your life, man. Yeah. And then uh, but yeah, we just Mark and Drew, the trainers, came out like helped me up. Like I was like kind of stepping on it, felt fine. Yeah. So we start walking off the field, and then you know like like you said, it was everybody was just hyped just because you know at that point it was I was probably only playing like twenty twenty five snaps a game, something sure. like that. After yeah. after I busted my knee up against Michigan that year, so yeah, just seeing like all the boys come over and Coach Frost, everyone was hyped, and that was. Really cool moment, and you know, it was like like it was a season where not a lot of great, you know, it was a four win season. Yeah, but just just to kind of have that be, yeah, that that sticks in my mind for sure. Yeah, and it was funny. uh, Andrew Strop, he's one of the assistant strength conditioning coaches at Nebraska. As we're running off the field, he's like, "Hey, man, 
you can't tear anything in your knee if there's nothing in there. Right. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you're right about that, man. Yeah. Because yeah. at the time, I had like a bunch of my articular cartilage and meniscus. Like, it's totally bone on bone on that left knee. So just, you know, we're just joking around. He's like, yeah, man, can't tear your knee up if there's nothing in there. Right. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like total goosebump status, man. Like, I, I was, you know, of course, like when Mike had said, oh, yeah, Mick Stoltenberg's hopping on the podcast, start looking at highlights and I start looking at all this stuff. And, uh, and yeah, Scott, have, have you, I'm sure you've watched like the televised, like yeah, YouTube yeah, video of the sure. whole thing. And Scott, like as soon as you went down, he, he's like, and of course a lot of people can't even see this, but he, he, his face was like, oh shit, like, you know, 30, <laughs> se- 30 seconds left. Right, right. And, uh, and this is, you know, he's going to get hurt, but yeah, well, it, it's, it is a cool moment. Actually, my, my father-in-law a few years ago, a couple years ago, maybe he got that picture I don't know who took it or, or where it was from, but he got that like frame to give, give it to my yeah. folks, you know, all that stuff. So it was, yeah, it's, it sits, you know, it's sitting in my parents' basement with all their other Husker stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was a cool moment. Plus we were wearing those throwback jerseys, yep. which I really yes. liked. Yes. The only thing I didn't like about those jerseys was the helmets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yep. know if you guys remember those or not. The it's like forced leather head helmets. Right? Yeah. They kind of had like these stripes on it to make it look like a leather helmet. Mm. And I was like, they were, just, so- they were just gone plain white. Right, yeah. you know, gray face mask, something like that. But I like the, yeah, those are, those are some cool throwback jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> well, the ones that we wore this past season against, uh, I think it was Buffalo? the all black. No, the Buffalo, yeah, yeah, the Buffalo game with the, the all whites. The no, it was the the home game where it was the, um, I don't know, the the numbers look like they were from the forties or whatever. I thought that. was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I'm yeah. like that should. I'm not gonna say it's a pers or a, a permanent look, but. I wouldn't be against it. You know which one? I, they would look well, real. The smooth. ones I liked were 2010, 2009, maybe the 300 consecutive sellout. It was Louisiana Lafayette or something like that. But it was a 300. <laughs> yeah. It was a 300 game. So they had Roy Haley. Roy Haley yeah, they Roth. had those throwbacks with like the fancy looking number. They were the yes. 1960s throwbacks. They had white pants, black shoes, you know, red jerseys, no stripes, no nothing, just the fancy looking numbers, white helmets, black numbers, gray face mask. Yeah, I always thought those were so cool. I always wish we could just like bring those back as like an alternate home jersey or something so like that, in that regard are you like as a player do you feel like the locker room wants more of like a modern look instead of like the traditional you'll get hyped for uniform, those alternate like, games um, <laughs> so we kind of yeah a little bit but also it's like it's good in small doses at the end of the day it's you play for a program like nebraska you just expect the jersey to look a certain way you know it's 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 right. just the way it's always looked like a lot of other schools it just it's changed so often throughout history that it's it is what it is but we kind of Seems like they kind of try to stick to the basics, but we, yeah. it is cool. Like I, to me, my favorite ones are always the throwbacks. It's like when they don't try to do too much, but like the, the black shirt ones were cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we had sweet. some, you guys got to look at the 2014, throw, the 2014 alternates and the 2015 alternates were not good. <laughs> they had like, <laughs> oh, the, oh, the duct tape numbers. Yeah. The yeah. 14, the duct tape numbers. And then the 15, the 2015 were all black, which was cool, but the, same thing. It was like the duct tape numbers. They weren't like stitched fabric. They oh, were like God. these shiny. Yes. Yeah, so silver. Whoever, yeah. no, literally, you could not you read what yeah. number, who was who. Yeah. Like you yeah. didn't know what yeah. was going on. Yeah, for sure. So we Did you some, get to keep your jerseys? Yeah. 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 Do you still have them? Or did yeah. you sell them? No, right? I, I've got like 15 of them sitting in a bin. So. All right. <laughs> but anyone out there wants a jersey. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I see a lot of people coming. that yeah. sell their their equipment after no, it's I, all done. So I just haven't got, I never... It felt weird getting rid of them, honestly, just for whatever reason. Uh, but you do get like three a year because you get a home and away and an alternate. 
So I've got a lot, but it's it's hard to, it's hard to let go of them just because I just don't know if I want to I'm gonna want to get them framed or give them to somebody or give them to family or something like that because that's my like I I've been procrastinating it, but I want to put them in frames and give them to people yeah. or something like that. But it's just I I'm too sentimental. It's like hard yeah. for me to give stuff like that yeah. up. So 100. Yeah. yeah, they're they're sitting in a in a big Tupper like Tupperware bin at my parents' place. Hopefully, like rats aren't eating them or anything. Like that. <laughs> Moth balls. I haven't, just... che- I haven't checked on them in a while. So. <laughs> Maybe no, they're the that. ones out there hawking them out on the street. Yeah. <laughs> they're selling yeah, your jerseys. I'm going to open it up. Yeah. There's going to be like three left. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. My personal favorite have al- has always been the, the mesh look. Yeah. Go like. I, Would you? Those I wish like we the, could go back to the, the 20, Riddell. We had the 2018. You remember those? The f- pretend mesh ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. wish we would do real mesh instead. Yeah. I, yeah. I did like. Like. I like the. I think it looks cool. There's no sleeve stripe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm just plain red, so I like those for that reason. But yeah, and you saw like uh, you know recruitings, you know people post their pictures on Twitter, like they're all they're dressing uh, all red. I like that, and it's like, yeah. do you guys like that? Yeah, yeah. I like red on red and white on I'm white. Not a, will it will it help us win? <laughs> no, no. What? No, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe it's worth a shot. Give a different look. Did they they used to do that though back in the day, didn't they? There's pictures from I swear there's old pictures of. Teams from back in like the long, 70s and yeah, stuff. Yeah, long wearing, time ago. Wearing all reds. Well, yeah, all no, reds that was the whites. game. That was the game where they lost against Oklahoma back in like sure. the late 80s, I think. Sure. Where they wore all red. And at they home. said, never so again. Yeah, never cursed. again. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like the. Yeah. They used to, for whatever reason, I think it was 2016. It's like every away game, everyone wanted to go all whites. Yeah. But, you know, it was. Was it Texas? What what Texas I think game it was, was that? I feel like it was Colorado. They went all white. It was the last been. game. It was, it was like. Bill Callahan or or Frank Soul just last game they went yeah. white on white and like I felt like it was like a funeral it was like a send off we lost the yeah. game and they just haven't they did it since though I think Frost, Frost may have did it we did it we did the all whites yeah lot, Frost did it a, a couple times. times yeah yeah if you look if you look like if you just go like found pictures from games in 2016 I swear it was like every away game like, yeah I don't know why hmm. we just decided I think they let the I don't know if they let the captains pick or whatever, but it was like we went all white quite a bit. Yeah. yeah well, they, and then you you know Nebraska Twitter was like it's a curse. Surrender like, whites. We're losing white. Yeah. <laughs> we're surrender whites. Surrender whites. Yeah, I'm raving you know, the white you know. flag. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it before we do. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe this can segue into our my next question. This surrender thing. They were three and nine last year. Okay. Right. Scott Frost, unfortunately, is on the hot seat. Okay. He's. We have this game against Northwestern, conference game, first game of the year. In Ireland, In maybe. Dublin. We'll see, we'll see if it happens. You guys going? Hell no. No. <laughs> it's like 3000 bucks a person. Yeah, it's like flights. three grand a head. And then like it's, the odds of that game actually happening. Yeah. For the people that are listening, if you actually think a game is going to get played in Ireland in 2022, you are out of your goddamn mind. Let's hope. Just go buy your tickets to Chicago now because the game is going to be played in Evanston at Northwestern. So just go buy your tickets now. Go get yourself a nice hotel in Chicago. Well, be- if they did move it, it probably would be. It would be. Evanston. It would be a way game. We got, didn't we get an extra home game or something? We, we killed got- Northwestern last year. It was the best game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And you went. Yeah. yeah. So well, what was your question? So, so whether it's in Dublin or it's in Chicago, it doesn't matter. Big game. For sure. Okay. So, Mick, what do you foresee this 2022 season being? What are your expectations? When it, when you, when it comes down to it, it's about wins. Yeah. Okay. None of this close shit anymore. Right. How many wins does 
this 2022 team get? Man, prediction. I don't know. It's it's because uh, I, I know I know what the expectation is. It, it's I would assume there's something. There's been like you have to make the postseason, right? Like, oh, 100 percent. It's you know I, I that's think the most, lo- that's as that's right, the lowest right. bar as you. Can but it's, six wins yeah. is is the lowest yeah. bar. I, I I genuinely and I am the biggest optimist to a fault. Like every I don't care every situation every game I watch because I you know I just remember being out there in the situations and stuff like that and just kind of being struggling as a team and it's. That's why I was so. It sucked, you know. Go, you know, losing that many close games, but also yeah. it was every game I genuinely enjoyed watching. Yeah, I, I think like genuine. I think the 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 game that was the least close was the Illinois game. That seemed like it was that was the most out of our control out of any game in the entire season. Mm-hmm. So I, that's I guess that's a good you know that's a great thing that you just know it's going to go down to the wire. But yeah, there. I'm really really hoping they can crack. Just you know. That that eight seven eight win range, like yeah, like which I, is, I, I could see it happen. Like I, I think you guys would agree with me. Like it's it's everyone's been saying it just over this past year, but we're right there. And, and you know, just adding a, a few different pieces and everyone kind of hammering down and really hitting recruiting hard and getting the right guys in the system. Like I I think it's it's definitely possible. You know, it, it that it, it, with the Big Ten, it's on the line every week. You know, it's just you have to. You have to win those games, especially in the Big Ten West. You got to beat Big Ten West teams. Like it's just you and have it's to. So it's so doable. Yeah, it, especially with like the talent you have with. Right. And now you know we've got a guy that's coming back for his fifth year. Yeah. And it's like it, it, there's no turnaround right now. Yeah. And there's yeah. a couple little coach. There's a couple assistant coaches here and there that are you know swapping in, swapping out. That's totally normal. Your fifth year, you have to be able to do yeah. it. You have yeah. to be able to do it. Well, and and I. I've got it's it's tough. Like every and, and people just ask me about this that just want to talk football, like you know, outside of a setting like this, where it's just, hey, what do you think about coach? I've got an emotional investment, of yeah, in this staff. You because, should, oh, yeah. you know, it really it's it's you know for whatever. Like I, we, you know, as a, as a freshman, 2014, I left there in 2018. Me and everybody else that was in my class, we did not accomplish really any of what we wanted to accomplish. Yeah, you know, in the five years we were there, but when Coach Frost came in, we we're all like. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're we're leaving here, especially as the season kind of went along and it wasn't going great in 2018. We're like, hey, we can we can really set a foundation here and try to, you know, get something built for the future. And, and you know, hey, maybe someday, like three, four years from now, five years from now, whatever, we can look back and, and just I, do, I would like for this staff to be there, you know, to see it through until we can have a lot of success and, and you know, win some really big football games. Because, yeah, it's I genuinely care about the staff. I care about the coaches. I care about the players that are there. I care about the pro like it's yeah really it, like more than anything anything else it's it's I want to see it work you know so I and I think we got a chance you know I'm excited about some of the stuff they did this offseason and we'll see how it goes but yeah I, I was I've been telling everybody this I don't care what bowl game it is where it's at I don't care I don't, whatever yeah just got to get it there. could be in Arkansas I'm going yeah <laughs> absolutely you know I, I'm as a fan I'm going to that game because it'll be the first time back in the postseason since I was a sophomore or redshirt sophomore, 2016. Right, Foster so, Foster Farms, right? No, that would have been the Music City Music Bowl. City yep. Bowl in Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. Foster Farms was UCLA in in, in yep. 2015. Yeah. So yeah, it whatever wherever it is, I don't care. I'm going. <laughs> you said cut. All that. right. Well, <laughs> and then my the last question, and then we're gonna get into kind of what you're doing. But I remember 2018. That would be your senior year, Scott Frost's first year. Remember him vividly saying like we need to remember these seniors we need to remember these guys because you guys are going to be the ones that 
send us off into the future, right? Coming from a guy who was the platform, right? You were the guy that he's talking about. You were the class that sent, sent, or supposedly was supposed to send them off. And obviously, there hasn't been a send off yet. I mean, what was it like playing? I mean, did you play? Was it, was it any different than any other year in football like that? Did, did they coach you different? Did they talk to you guys differently about that? Like, did you feel a different weight on you? Yeah. Like, they, honestly, a little bit, but I think it was more like <laughs> they helped us realize like that it was up to us to set the expectation and set the standard. So a lot of stuff that we had been working on in 2017, you know, because it's, I'm telling you, the way 2017 was, it's, trying to find a way to get a team together in that situation where everyone knows the staff is going to get fired and stuff like that. So right. I'll never forget coach Prella told me like, Hey, you gotta, it's just as much on you as anyone else. You know, it's like looking at me, like with conviction, he's just like, Hey, you know, you gotta, you can't just correct people. Cause he's like, you can't just correct people out here on the practice field. Like it's everything's connected, everything outside the practice field, whatever. He's like, don't, don't worry about being buddies with everybody. He's like, if you, you know, if you write something that's wrong and help a guy along the way, you might lose a friend, but you'll gain a brother. Mm-hmm. That's what JP told me. And I, you know, that struck a chord with me. So 2017, I was trying to work on just like, hey, lose your filter, man. If, it, if there's something going on off the field, talk to the guy, you know, you don't have to, you know, just confront him, like help fix the problem. So like a lot of us, you know, especially as seniors in 2018, it was, we heard this, that same message from the new staff where it was like, hey, we're going to do everything we can to get this transition going, but we need your guys' help. So yeah, it's we felt a lot of, you know, I don't I wouldn't say it was pressure, but we we felt like that was our job, you know, yeah. was to try and help things along and I just don't know what it's like now. I am not in that locker room anymore. I I have no idea like what the state of it is or anything like that, but I'd hope there's still you know guys in the in the upperclassmen that are that are really working on getting guys kind of pulling in the right direction. So, yeah, it's I'm excited about it, man. It's it, we were just talking. It sucks that football is so far away. Oh, <laughs> I know. I hate <laughs> it. Looking forward to some some Husker football again. So, well, look on the bright side. Uh, when you were when we released this episode, 18 days until Husker baseball. Oh, uh, there you go. Just hey. saying, Jared's our baseball guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking around for Eric. Where's Eric? Uh, Eric's not here. Hello. He works on Mondays. Sorry. <laughs> It's all right. But yeah, I mean, and what I can tell you is that every single person that's sat in your seat has all, every single one of them has told us, yeah, Frost is the guy. Frost yeah, is the yeah. guy. You just have to give him time. And back to the original start of this podcast with you, you had mentioned that you had been through four different defensive line coaches, right. five mm-hmm. defensive coordinators. And that is what my message and, and, and generally us as well. And a lot of our guests has always been. You can't re- you can't just keep recycling pe- coaching yeah, staff coaching yeah. staff because then you just don't get that base right and it takes time um, and hopefully everything get, gets righted yeah. and, and and Scott takes us to the promised yeah, land no it, it, like like you said it is about consistency for sure especially in college sports where everything's so volatile right now in mm-hmm. college football it's like every every off season there's so many people moving around and, and I feel like it's really rare to have a out off season where there's no roster attrition or there's no coaching staff shifts or whatever but as long as the main components are there in my opinion you know like an offensive defensive coordinator head coach strength and conditioning staff like those types of things are kind of the same throughout whether position coaches are jumping around because that's the nature of the business right guys are trying to get better jobs and everything like that so it's just the way it is but yeah if they keep this the main components consistent i think i think they'll they'll figure it out for sure yeah Yeah. all right well so mick i know that you were you had been a 
quality control coach at South Dakota. Yeah. What are you doing nowadays? Where can people like find you? Like what's your, what's your bag right now? <laughs> well, I'm just living in Omaha. I live in, in, in West Omaha somewhere. And then, uh, yeah, just, I, I did that for a little bit, um, up in South Dakota, did the coaching graduate assistant type thing for a little bit and I enjoyed it, but just, you know, it's with college coaching, if you're not like truly married to it, you, you know, you can't really expect yourself to make a living. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, you're moving around every couple of years. So I yeah. guess I'm a little bit of a homebody. So I decided I wanted to come home. So just, yeah, living, working in Omaha right now, but yeah, just, I will say this, it's been really cool to, to be a spectator of the game of football again. Like I had a blast. I know the season was what it was, but went to my first away game as a fan since I was in high school. Um, had a lot of fun tailgating, you know, yeah, with the family. Heck yes. Got one to, of us. Yeah, one yeah, of yeah. us. Hey, you need to come to an NBNR tailgate. <laughs> I'm yeah. just telling you. That's going to be this got, year. Yeah, absolutely. You're starting a tailgate? We're going to do a tailgate with uh, Patriarch. They got a sweet trailer. We're going to do some sort of sweet thing. So Where are you guys going to be located? We don't know yet. Okay. So, But we will send you the details yeah, when, for sure. <laughs> when, uh, when we get more of them. But, yeah. but yes, I mean, now that you get to enjoy the actual fan experience again. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm sure it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's a blast. It, it it really is. It's it's just fun to like you when you're a player. You know, every you can't even watch football on TV without thinking about like, oh man, like, this is what we've got going on this week. I need to study that this is the team we're playing. Like, you just you see everything through the lens. It's like tunnel vision right. of what you've got in your immediate. And the same thing when I was working as a quality control coach. It's just you don't really have the time to sit and watch NFL football or anything like that, or watch other college games. So it's like. Yeah, just sitting and watching ball and, yes. and kind of just seeing everything that's going on around the country and around the Big Ten and everything like that's been – yeah, I really really enjoyed this season. You know, it was, a, it was a fun college football season. Not that the two teams in the finals weren't like what everyone expected. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. It was still a lot of fun and, yeah, yeah, pumped for it, man. I know it's how many months out, but yeah, it'll be Well, and of season. course, you're like you're like – as a former player, everybody just wants to approach you and get your intake on, you know, get your take on yeah. whatever it helps. Everything's going on. It helps on. when you like don't look like you can actually fit through doors now. And yeah. People don't, <laughs> yeah. You know, people aren't flagging you down just, you know, so I don't yeah. get recognized a ton anymore, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> a little more oh, yeah, incognito. That works. But where yeah. can they recognize you on Twitter, Facebook, uh, uh, tw Instagram, whatever? Yeah. Like, what's promote your yourself, handle? What, yeah. So promote yourself. Where I'm you? on, yeah, I guess I'm on Twitter at big underscore micket. Okay. We had a big thing like yeah, we had a thing in my high school where everyone called each other big ticket, like if you're a big dude, like the Kevin Garnett deal. So I just <laughs> yeah. I made that account when I was like fourteen and never changed it. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, same. But yeah, so I, I was telling these guys, I was telling you guys while we we're off off air, but um yeah, I just don't tweet really. I retweet like everything every time I see about somebody I know or some player, like say GIF makes a play or something in an NFL game, I'll like retweet, yeah. like, let's go GIF. You let's know? go. But during Nebraska games, I really try to stay off the Twitter unless it's something positive just because, you know, you'd go through There's whatever. plenty. You've yeah, been there. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah, been, you've there. been there. You but know. Yeah. Although I will say it's, yeah, I'm on there. So, yeah, give me a follow, whatever. Hell yeah. <laughs> big Mickey. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, hey, Big Mickey, Mick Stoltenberg, we want to thank you again for joining the No Block, No Rock podcast tonight. Hey, appreciate you guys having me on and thanks for the invite. This is this is a blast. Yeah. Well, I'd do this anytime for sure. Hell fucking yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. it. Now that Mick is about to leave here. Look at him about to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at NBNR Podcast. And on Instagram. And on Facebook now. We're on freaking Facebook now. We need more Facebook hey, follows. You gotta go after the 
not so young demographic. Yes, well. and it's yeah. working yeah. great. We had like seventeen thousand people interact <laughs> yeah. with us on Facebook in one go. week. That's so great. yes, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our website, of course, nbnrpodcast.com. We have past episodes galore. We've got merch, merch, merch on there. Yes, find your merch. Buy, buy a shirt. Buy a sweatshirt. We got your all handbag. the gear for you. <laughs> your handbag. Remember, all that stuff just goes back to paying for pizza for the players, all that stuff. So, guys, go to nbnrpodcast.com. Find our, find the merch. Um, We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, we are there. Give us a five-star review. Please, we need it. If you want to give us a review saying how, just how great we are, just how great Mick Stoltenberg is, name names. Come on. Do a need, name drop. We need all that. Talk about the redhead that, that leads the show. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's enough. I mean, look, go to go to the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room. Go to Patriarch Distillers. All on the Vista. Go to these places. Support local. Drink local. That's what I do. That's what we do. We appreciate their business. I am one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Kyle Byers, Mike Delaware, Mick Stoltenberg, and as always, GBR. <laughs>